1984 has been a tough year. Our sales are down, our growth is down. Sonny, I brought you in here to grow the basketball business. People don't know what the hell a Nike is. What's a Converse? NBA all-star shoe. There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with. Our basketball division is terrible. I do not love it. This is where you come up with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it. I got it. I found him. Who's that? Jesus? Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. My name's Sonny Vaccaro. I'm with Nike. Do you typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors unannounced? I don't like to take no for an answer. Oh, man. Here we go. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie? Yes. Who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie. Yeah. What's the plan? We build a shoe line around just him. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. Your motor I believe in your son. I believe he's the future. And his story is going to make us want to fly. But a shoe is just a shoe. Until my son steps into it. Got a name for it? Air Jordan. I don't know. Seriously? Maybe it'll grow on me. Eating that apple, ain't you? I'm so embarrassed though because I really hate it when people eat on podcasts. Well, I love it. It's that's uh, mukbanging they call it. So mukbang. Really? Yeah. That sounds like it should be something else, but it's actually just watching and hearing people eat. So we'll zoom in, watch you mukbang this apple. I actually think the sound of a, a biting into a crisp apple is actually kind of a nice little sound. Little foley art, you know. Last bite, okay, ready? Okay. Yeah. Oh, what you have a garbage can? Well, I don't put like food oh, in smart. there because we have dogs. Smart dogs that are really good at smelling things because they got that that uh, that hound in them, you know, a little hound. Hey, I'm Angela. Hi, I'm Bobby. Welcome to Movie Humpers. The sounds you hear will be those uh, said dogs. If you hear anything weird, it's them. It's not me. <laughs> and uh, our at the movies edition. Yeah, we went to the movies <laughs> in, in our, our basement. basement. <laughs> because this movie is in the theaters and on Prime at the same time. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Spoiler. I'm glad I didn't pay for this movie. <laughs> it's yeah, for sure. I mean, we we did actually. I mean, we do, but we didn't pay any more than we would pay all. I the guess time. not. Yes, we're talking about the film Air, directed by Ben Affleck. Mm. Uh, oh, okay, yes. Written of by course. Alex Convery, starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Chris Tucker, 
Jason Bateman, Viola Davis, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. You know what was good about this movie? What? Matt Damon and Viola Davis. Yeah, Viola. Being, the parents were good. I liked Michael Jordan's parents. Viola, I feel like, is either, like, like a she can be kind of a cold-calculated, like, in Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. which she's fine in, but even the shitty one, she's fine in that yeah, movie. Yeah, totally. Um, or she can be the inspirational figure. And in this, I feel like she was both. The funniest character is the guy who played Michael Jordan's dad. He was because, amazing. Because... That okay. seems like a strong, you're very, you give very emotional, very broad, it's like love or hate with you. Okay, and well, like, I liked the character. I, I thought the man did a good job. I just thought it was funny mm-hmm. in that all he had to really do was look in, look at Viola Davis and look inspired. He just had to stand there and look inspired. <laughs> be like the fun part of their relationship like he was like the personable one in a way he's got a good vibe off him like like he he's like the guy you chat to at the barbecue he w- he did put off good vibes yeah we'll say that if that was the goal he of that character he did a great like, job. honestly he reminded me of like like in my family or something Do you okay. know what i mean just like the, he's fixing a car out front he's good natured mm. but like she does the business go talk to her and then if you say anything even remotely like positive or quasi wise, he'll look at you and be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, anyway. sadly, Michael Jordan's dad would be murdered um, uh, years after this period of time takes place. Yeah. Uh, but this is, this movie is about Nike in 1984. Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight. Matt Damon, he plays Sonny vicaro and sonny is like i actually really enjoyed sonny's character he did a good in this job movie. there's some moments look we got compliments and we got critiques big ones big ones and there are some things that like i think the writing and especially in terms of certain characters not every moment like the sonny vicaro character i thought matt damon did a, a great job yeah. and i kind of like the nature of the character like he's older he's overweight mm-hmm. they point that out a lot he's like a basketball guru whose job it is to essentially be like pr for nike basketball division uh and to also get lines in with other players to get them to sign contracts through nike but he also does these things where it's like he'll go to high schools and give out free nikes and stuff to kind of like yeah help with the public relations because at this time nike was all about running shoes yeah. and converse and adidas kind of ruled basketball. The, the basketball the prolific ones yeah so the basketball division at nike is gonna be shut down if they don't make some waves and they're trying to decide who their three stars they're going to offer $250,000 across three stars to for this next year. Matt Damon is like, no, we need one. There's this one. He sees footage of this rookie, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. from UNC. And he's very much, and because he's so keyed into the game, he loves the game, he sees that there is something extremely competitive and different about this character. And Michael Jordan, as you know, and there was that ESPN documentary about the Bulls that came out like in 2020. It's a very good docuseries, but it really does paint adequately the extreme. Like Michael Jordan is an exceptional 
human in the sense of how exactly driven and over competitive he is. Like he would, there'd be scenarios where he's playing other players and they talk shit to him. And all it does is drive him to make fucking 60 points in a game. Like the, just he is a guy that goes for big things. And it's also why he has a very intense gambling addiction that is very prolific as well. But um, yes. Yeah. 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 And so, words come down that he's not even interested in nike he will not wear nike he wants he is in uh he is an adidas guy adidas was because run dmc was popping off this is 1984 he did a song about adidas run dmc did yeah oh i thought you meant michael jordan did a song no, about adidas i was talking about what you were talking about and they were talking about how he was so loyal to adidas in college he would wear converse to play the game he would only wear them on the court and would rock Adidas in his personal life. Yeah. Talking about the best, the greatest, most driven basketball player, one of the most competitive human beings of all time. This movie has the convenience of very easily looking like it's prophetic mm. when we're talking about somebody that we all know is like one of the biggest superstar athletes of all time. I mean, he was the he, Sonny was right. But, but and the thing is, they kind of make it like Michael Jordan was underrated when he was drafted. He was drafted number two, and uh, Sam Bowie was drafted number one. And we thought maybe we'd touch more on that story, but I realize it's not necessary to do that in the movie. But Sam Bowie's drafted number one, and he was a very tall guy, and he was a hot prospect drafted by the Blazers. And he got injured. He had bad leg injury. Like, I forget how deep into his career. And it just did not work yeah. out for him at all. And he was that the sucks. number one draft pick the year Michael Jordan was drafted into the NBA. And they kind of make it like Jordan is a little underwhelmed. And this is also the draft where I think Barkley is drafted this year. Charles Barkley. Yeah. And they John say no Stockton. one wants to ever hear Barkley talk, which is hilarious. <laughs> because now he's on TV all the time talking. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like no one wants to hear Barkley talk. And John Stockton's there, but he's too short, so he was mm -hmm. drafted that year too. But Michael Jordan was still drafted number two. Yeah. So while there were people that like maybe had some doubts, he still was a very high prospect. Yeah. They kind of talk about it like he was just so unknown. But what Nike ultimately did, they put all their eggs in the basket of Michael Jordan. Instead of trying to spread their budget around a few players. Mm -hmm. And they changed the shoe industry yeah and now it's now jordans have become a cultural phenomenon and the sneaker culture yeah. has grown significantly we got some jordans in our closet got you up air one time jordans. and and the 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 culture of that sneaker and especially the branding it the sneaker culture has grown and you can trace it directly to the this specific sneaker that it's almost become acceptable as a something of like a formal wear in some circles yep. in which you can dress nice and put on your fucking Jordans and you're good and you look it's fly. Slick. And if you're lucky enough to catch them before, before it fucking hacks, buy them all up and resell them at three times the price, you could probably just get them for like a hundred, 120 bucks, you know? Sure. You know, and, and when I said they changed the industry, it's because Michael Jordan was the first player to ever get a percentage. Yes. Which I mean, I, I know we're not going to, we're, there's pretty much not really that many more beats to this story. You know, we can tell, I feel like even though this is technically an at the movies edition, this is a known story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but what, what you see is like Sonny basically goes to his mom to talk in person because he's been told not to call. 
whatever. Yeah. You know, so he's like, fine, I'll go knock on the door, which he also like probably shouldn't have done. But he, he says to her, he's like, I'm just very passionate about your son. I believe in your son and I won't take no for an answer. And I believe that's the kind of person who should represent your son. And th- she respects that. And she's like, fine, come talk to me. And he basically tells her how how it's going to go down with Adidas, how it's going to go down with Converse. He's like, these are how your meetings are going to go. And these are the questions that you should ask them. So he basically like tells her why he shouldn't be at those companies. And then he's like, but the reason he should be at mine is because we want to build this around him, who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so different about this. One of my one of the my favorite characters in this movie was the shoe designer. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, what's-his-face is in this uh, Arrested Development? Jason Bateman. There's some good moments between Jason Bateman and this Matt movie, Damon. This movie played to his character type. Yeah, it did. It and did. It, it, worked, he, it worked well. His He's character good was good does. here. I don't. I never saw that. <laughs> that Ozark show is supposed to be much more dramatic. I haven't seen it. But, like, yeah, this is a was an appropriate Bateman role. Basically, they find out, like, that they are going to get a meeting. They're going to get a meeting. And then you see, you know, Michael and his family. Actually, you never see Michael's face. Which, which I actually, I thought that was, I got a lot of complaints about the directing choices. Yeah. That's not, that's one, not of one, one of them. I actually thought that was really sharp. Yeah. That was really good. Doesn't account for the circular shots, we but will, that was really good. We will be talking about Ben Affleck's choices, and uh, I've got some stern words. Buddy. Okay. We'll be there in a second. We're going to be looking right at this camera, and you better listen to me, Mr. Affleck. <laughs> We're almost already ha- there. We're almost there. We're almost there. Hold it in. I'll, I'll be quick. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <laughs> okay so so they find out they're gonna get this meeting and he's like okay it's like friday their meeting's gonna be on monday and so they just have to pull the whole weekend like basically it's the guy making the shoe the marketing director is uh arrested development and matt damon is there and they are gonna pull the whole weekend to make the shoe happen and that's when they come up with it and this whole thing comes out where they're looking at it and they're like it's too white the shoe's too white and the designer's like it has to be 51 percent white right so we can't make it more because color the he'll be charged fine you five thousand a game you go to a basketball game now every and, color and shoe. it's like every color shoe on that court yeah i actually love looking at basketball oh, player yeah. shoes when they're playing it's really cool i'm not a i'm not a uber sneakerhead, but i do appreciate them and i do get like yeah. Kind of thirsting for some cool sneaks. We went to my first NBA game. Memphis Grizz. For my birthday. Let's this not year. talk about the playoff series recently. No, please. but but just to say, it was so much fun. And there was a player wearing hot pink yeah. sneakers. And it's just one of these things that draws your eye. Like you like you want to watch that person because they've got cool sneakers on, which is the whole point of the whole thing. Well, ja, so, well the Memphis star John ja Morant had recently has put out him. his line of sneakers sneakers and i think his daughter helped them pick the colors and one is like purple and the other is very pink for nice. his first line and i think that shit's already sold out i think it's already on resale that's cool and ja he's getting shit um for flashing a gun on his instagram but let me tell y'all something about memphis and a quick aside here if you're in memphis the city of memphis where ja morant plays professional basketball if you're in memphis for more than 48 hours <laughs> A gun will just appear in your hand. 
like that's just how it is so what else can you do but just throw throw it up on the gram i'm just, i'm an apologist because i'm a fan i know All i'm an I was apologist so you don't have to listen to me is you know? that the sneakers at the game were impressive yes great and okay so what they basically decide is let's just make it let's add more red and fuck it we will pay the fine which i love that they they don't tell uh phil knight the ceo Mm-mm. I didn't check the name. Not until uh, until they're at the meeting with Jordan's family. Yeah, that's a great. Moment. Like, oh, we'll pay, and he's like, "What?" Did you... He's like, "I just got finished telling the family that we're gonna pay all the fine." Yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Well, I, of course, oh, yeah, of course we are." They they get the shoe. They come up with the name Air Jordan. Well, Sunday Ben Affleck comes and he has to make the decision of like, it's a go or it's not a go because he's putting. $250,000 on the line. If they're wrong, everybody could get fired and the board could actually remove him as CEO. Even yeah, though yeah. he built this company. It went public. Because he went public. This recently. Stupid. Which is, you're only, it's so bad. I mean, this is another quick aside. It's so bad when a company goes public because yeah. it's actually quite bad for the everyday employees you work yeah. with because all the fiscal incentive is to keep in the stock investors and board happy. If you actually do something like uh, redistribute your profits for a company amongst your workers, your employees, your board, and your stockholders will actually get fucking pissed at you. And that, that just kind of shows how rigged against everyday work. And and the predictability in stocks is always a crapshoot. It's always like it's a conservative politics often talk about how they want to invest basic fucking programs into these kind of methods and it's always a shit idea mm. i mean we this is this is society we live in we know the nature of you sabotaged my ass society corporate bullshit there's no ethical consumption blah 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 and that kind of goes two ways in a way it's it means like don't like suck your own dick for buying something like it's going to change the world mm-hmm. but don't maybe attack people for also buying something in an economic structure that they don't control you don't take fucking human life like this and just sabotage and rip it apart like jesus on the cross and say thanks a lot for all the fucking money i made off of you that's how you can be like a loony lefty (laughs) and uh you know own a pair of jordans yeah and take them out on date night so (laughs) (laughs) so they get to the meeting they have this like kind of powwow and they decide that uh they're gonna do it so that uh, ben Affleck's going to come in about 15 minutes late. So so this is the scene where, oh, we can talk about Ben Affleck's acting now because they get in and it's like, it's not going super great. It's very odd. You know, the the room feels odd. Like his he, he and his family are there and you've got, um, what's his face? Chris Tucker. Yeah, yeah. And trying to like kind of schmooze them, but everybody's kind of a little awkward, it feels like. And then Matt, and then Ben Affleck walks in and he's like, He's like, sorry, I'm late. And Matt Damon's like, yeah, I was actually just telling him, he's like, wait, wait, um, what I was trying to say is that I'm sorry that I'm late because I'm so busy and important and <laughs> this is my company and I make hundred billion dollars decisions every day. So like, I'm sorry that I'm late. This is a very important meeting for me to be at. Like, it's just very weird. Mm-hmm. And I get that like, maybe the character was supposed to be awkward, but like, he just does not do a good job. Maybe he just needs someone else to direct him and him directing himself just does not work. Well, if you look at, um, Affleck seems like a pretty big guy. If you look at pictures, I don't know how tall Phil Knight is, mm. but if you look at pictures of Phil Knight, he just looks like a grinning fucking weirdo. He looks like a hippie. There's no picture of him at the end with like no shoes on sitting at his desk. And they're trying to embody that with uh, Affleck when he says like these quasi philosophical things. But if you look at Phil, Phil, 
Phil uh, Knight. He, I keep having to check that name. <laughs> like, if you see pictures of him, he looks like a grinning little toe-headed twat. He could have been played much weirder, yeah. it would seem, and probably get away with it like yeah. that. But I felt like Ben Affleck was just playing himself if he were the CEO of Nike. It was just weird because he was in the same hand, like, trying to, like focus on his breathing and like saying all these like platitudes as though he's been listening to like way too many meditation CDs at CDs is 84 cassette tapes or he's like full of anxiety and doesn't know what to do with himself like because he felt like kind of very agitated at certain moments but mm. it just never like came together for me to where I felt like I knew anything about him or gave a shit it, about him it really seemed like there could have been 20 other actors that could have maybe done a little better Absolutely. at that role. And Absolutely. I mean, Affleck is here because he and Matt Damon run this production company. And he's the And director. he's directing it. And I get it, but he didn't put anything compelling into it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of the, the, the interactions between, like, especially the Matt Damon's character of Sonny, all the juicy writing, the part, it worked him. And especially when he's correlated in interactions with Chris Tucker and... Jason Bateman's character, like there, there was some cleverness about this, and but, Davis. but it did feel a little flat when we got like Affleck's Phil Knight. And yeah. it, like I said, it seemed like it was Ben Affleck playing himself for the CEO of Nike. And I've seen like, I was, I've seen like, I saw an interview of Ben Affleck around when he's talking up this movie and he's trying to talk up the inspiring nature of the mm -hmm. movie. And he does kind of blow, come off. Maybe even more of a blowhard in that interview than his character Phil Knight did in this movie. Wow. It felt like it wasn't far from what he was. Maybe Ben was just hungry because he got real skinny for this role for him. He had, you know, didn't you notice he's like he was very gaunt. Maybe. And he had like those skinny little legs. They kept showing him in his little running pants. Yeah. So I'm just kidding, but I was just making that joke that maybe, maybe he just needed to eat. That image of him in the jogging suit with the glasses on, mm. it's like that image comes up when you look up this movie like that's all cool. the time. Yeah. Just, because, it made us laugh. And that's the only thing he did that made us laugh. And it's also one of the most eighties looking things in the office, other mm. than their yellow rug and the we and the certain design they got on the wall. Mm -hmm. And this and let's talk about the Affleckness of the directing here. Um, okay. Unless you, we can go ahead and wrap up that. Um, I have a lot to say about the Matt Damon speech and that. So go if you, go okay. ahead. So and then and then yeah, I'm going to talk about the whole thing directing. We're we'll, almost there. We'll talk about the speech. We'll we'll wrap up the movie and then we'll talk about the directing. That sounds choice. great. Okay, so Ben Affleck bumbles his way through saying that he's very important and glad to be here. And then Matt, they start a video and it's like stupid, this like fake commercial of Jordan video with this dumb song. And then Matt Damon's like, turn it off. He like realizes he's losing them. He's like, turn it off, turn it off. And he turns and he gives the speech. And here's the deal. The speech is great. Fine. Yeah. The speech. Okay. On its own. The speech is fine. But what they fucking do in the middle of this speech is like, he gets kind of like you said, it gets kind of like prophetic. He's talking about how like, the we're going to build you up. The convenient conveniently prophetic yeah it's like we're gonna build you up and then you know everybody's gonna try to tear you down but like the shoes are forever whatever the fuck and so you know like you're putting your name on something like this is like gonna make you immortal like whatever whatever he doesn't really get into that but that's the gist right that's the feeling is like this is something people are gonna remember you always they're gonna forget us they're gonna remember you we're also just like trying to rise up with you because we know you're amazing and so he convinces i mean he does a good job whatever we'll talk about the end but what i hated the most about this movie is 
that during this speech, they start showing real life footage of Michael Jordan. And when they don't, they don't show honestly that much like build up happy good stuff, maybe a little, but they're doing the teardown part and they're showing all these images of like him getting in a car wreck. He's like got some girl on him at some point. Like there's all these like, and then they fucking show. So what were you gonna say? Go ahead. They fucking showed the newspaper article about where his dad got shot. Yeah. Like in this montage. And it's like, it just felt rude. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what other word to say. Like it was, overdone. It was stupid. It, it, way like, overcooked. It was, it was, they jumped the fucking shark. It was, yes. They jumped the shark. Like They it turned it really into like some kind of, it, it, it pissed it, me off. It went mad cornball and using that. And. I, I just have to assume that the the family and Michael Jordan signed off on this. I mean, I guess but it's like, totally about them, you know. I hope that they did because I actually had that thought of like, is his mama in the movie theater seeing that for the first time? That fucking sucks. This is a story about the start of her son's career and the hopefulness of that career. Why are we talking about gambling addiction and car accidents? Don't fucking do that. This is the start of the story. You're being prophetic, so so build him up and just leave him up. And honestly, it's kind of if you're trying to do something a little, this is the most obvious choice to do something a little bit different is to turn this into like some kind of like soothsaying plot device in which like Sonny not only sees how great a player you are, he can sense your whole future, your well, journey. Sonny has a problem with gambling, so he maybe could smell <clears throat> it on Michael. I well, know, it's just bullshit. well, that's that's kind of hack right there because Sonny I know, I was, was shown hack. shown doing some gambling at the very beginning and losing, but it doesn't touch base on it ever again. The only time they do, they reference it once where Ben Affleck, because he's like, "What do you do? You go watch basketball, and you always have a layover in Vegas." And then he talks about he references at some point a wife that is no longer in the picture, obviously. And so, so you wonder, but then he also does talk about like betting when he's trying to convince them about Michael Jordan. So they just wanted you, I guess, to know that he's a betting man, but like, yeah, so, I mean, you'd kind of have to be the, yeah. the division of this shoe was like, you're either going to keep the ship and stay in this sub position, mm -hmm. or you're going to make a move. This is just what marketing corporate is. You're keeping to throw things against the wall. And, but in the, in the aspects of it where I was trying to insert some like, this can be a fine enough movie just to tell a basic story about something that is incredibly successful. But these movies can't always just be like that. It has to be some angle where, boy, we really saved the world with it. They did change the world. They, they did. did. They did culturally shift, like, fashion through these sneakers. Mm -hmm. No doubt about that. It's undeniable. But, like, it's got to be something that, like, saved lives at the same time. You know? Yeah, and, and then so the very last beat is, you know, they're waiting and waiting for these phone calls. They think they've lost them. They know Adidas, like, met the, met the money, whatever. And so Michael's mom calls because this whole time Sonny does not get to speak to Michael. So Michael's mom calls and says, we will accept your offer if you will give Michael a percentage of every shoe that has his name on it. Now, that's completely understandable. Makes, and Sonny even agrees, but he's like, it's just not the way it, it just works. Wasn't done then. I'll I'll take it through, but it's just not gonna happen. And so he goes to Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck's like Fuck it. We got it. And he's like, No, they want a percentage. And he's like, Fuck it, okay, give it fine. to them. I believe I believe you, you believe him, I believe in him. We're gonna do it. And so this that was the groundbreaking like shoe 
changing moment where before then you just got a licensing fee and it didn't matter. But this was like such a thing. Like, what did it say at the end? Like, I think the, Michael gets like they, 400 million a year from the sale of the shoes. Yeah, just passive income. It's like half a million. A yeah, year. just on his just, And he doesn't have to do shit. Like, mm-hmm. people are just. The, the brand is already, I'm surprised it's even that low. That seems kind of low, honestly. Well, you don't for, know what percent he gets. That's true. At the end of the movie, is like, yeah, our shoe's like, you know, we make $3 million on our best running shoe because that's what Nike was known for. Year one, Jordan's made $160 million. Yeah, that was that's over 15% of their entire earnings at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, was based off of that Jordan shoe. That's amazing. I mean, and the rest was history. And that is... That is a genuinely fascinating story because mm-hmm. that is kind of the birth of like the modern sneaker culture that we have today. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have Stan Smith, Michael Jordan, Adidas editions. We don't have uh Michael Jordan, all-star converse version, bright red converse right. with Michael Jordan's face on the back of them. It's there's Jordans, you know? Yeah. And that's what we got. I did like that. They threw in little like tidbits that like, just do it came from a man on a firing squad when they're like, what are your final words? And he was like, just, just do, do it. it. And they shot him and that um, Nike was going to be ma- named dimension six. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, don't you think that was cooler? And Sonny was like, no, I did think it was uh, clever how Sonny's personality did differ in terms of the marketing guys and the CEO. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't like necessarily these homogenized characters that, seemed interchangeable with each other there there seemed to be flawed and confusion and like that they actually did a good job in presenting that i will say one thing that felt really odd was that the marketing director character the jason bateman character in the movie didn't do anything good his, right. his commercial was stupid. He, was, he didn't want to go for Jordan. I mean, he he, he got behind concerned. it, but yeah. but yeah. But then they, when they're showing like what happened to everybody, his thing said like he changed the face of marketing at Nike. Yeah, he was honestly fine, but they didn't represent him as someone who was going to be a groundbreaking marketer for the basketball division. Yeah, but he just like was in the right place at the right time with the right shoe designer. Like Man, that's what it was. And he got lucky with Michael. That, he didn't do it himself. What you just said, right place at the right time. That is 99% what it is with all these people. Yeah. That is, yeah. So that is, and so his story actually is absolutely like, of course, I'm sure Sonny was a very savvy guru specific guy yeah but they play it but this is but in that case how you described it jason bateman's character may have been the most realistic in that sense because that is what it is you're the right place at the right time at the perfect time and then you can and then for the rest of your life when you nail it you got bragging rights you can be the genius forever yeah you can make you can fuck up and no one will call you out on it from that point on and how how much you want to bet that like he let everybody think that he came up with the silhouette, Michael with the basketball, when it was the shoe designer guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, Sure, sure. But the movie does point out. They do out, tell it, they but do I give wonder just how many credit. people didn't know that that designer is the one that came up with that stuff. That's maybe one good thing that this movie did is kind of explain a little bit like where some of these ideas of the process, came from. Yeah. I-, I thought that part was interesting a little bit, but I don't know. Okay, let's talk about Affleck's direction choices. Now, this movie takes place in, in 1984. And in case you've, you might have forgot, you might forget that visually. So in yeah. order to compensate for that, because everything is just 
centered around supposedly office drama. Mm-hmm. So you might forget about that. So don't worry. There's the, um, the, all the, the, the mainstream eighties, nineteen eighty four hits that'll club you over the head. So you got between these scenes they come of, in so loud. So in between these scenes of actually pretty well written dialogue and a good performance by Matt Damon. Matt Damon did great. He is, you know, all hokey speech at a board meeting aside or whatever, at a pitch aside. Uh, you you cut these the the movies chopped up by all these like brief montage scenes and these drone shots of an office building. You got so fucking tired of watching the drone shots of the office building. And, you know, there's certain ways to create an office drama. Like, you know, how do you make something dramatic that is essentially people in an office discussing and debating something? Some movies do it better than others. I think a lot of this movie hinges on some clever dialogue and some performances but in terms of like directing this the the parts in which the in between there's the the little montage scenes that show them working and there's one point where they do the circular camera shot now look zoom in close on my face camera slowly while i say this because i'm looking at you ben affleck and you might say to yourself I won an Academy Award um, for Goodwill for hunting. Best Picture for uh, uh, Argo and shit like that. Oh. Argo won Best Picture, which we didn't know. We had to look that up recently. Yeah. And like, look, Ben Affleck, if you can look me in the eye and tell me that you think Argo was the best picture that year, I'll let you piss in my fucking mouth. <laughs> let me tell you something, Ben Affleck. Look at me. Look at me in the fucking eyes, Ben Affleck. The circular dramatic camera shot gun bro hack movie mm-hmm. bullshit this is the prime example of just because you can do something doesn't mean you should that is the hackiest technique you can do to convey drama in a movie it does nothing just but give the audience a brief bit of motion sickness every fucking lame ass who's trying to be quentin tarantino has done that shit even though quentin doesn't do it everyone who tries to be like him does it it's very bizarre don't do that circular hack shit it's lame as fuck you can do better than that there i'm done and so this movie (laughs) this movie needed all this music to remind you it was in the 80s because the secretaries and stuff they're not really like it would have wouldn't have been so fun if they were like extreme all the women in the office were super done up there was one time where they did a pan of the office when it was full of people Mm. and it was one of the most 80s shots to me. And honestly, because everybody's kind of la- like laughing and having fun and it's bright colors. And there's like kind of basketballs in different places and, and whatever. And I actually thought to myself, I was like, oh, this is the office they were trying to make in nine to five. Do you know what I mean? Like that that sort of like happy atmosphere office. Like that felt very like 80s office building to me. That was the only time I felt it. Yeah. It's the same. I kept forgetting as well. The cars were nice when they showed the cars. You got some sure. big, beautiful boats of cars. And you, but had, like, and you had Affleck in the jogging suit. To sh- that was kind of jogging suits now like that also did not help anything and those bright pink colors and stuff those kind of are back now so it's like yeah honestly now everything's in yeah everything's true it's kind of true so everything looks like everything so yeah it was just the the 80s-ness of it all was very clunky and the music was so hit you over the head it was it was tacky it was tacky and honestly really kind of 
you'd sit there and you'd watch a great dialogue scene between Matt Damon and Pat and uh, Bateman and or Viola Davis. And, yeah, and and then you'd get this little mini montage that would cut between the scenes, and it would take you out of it because it was just so like. Like a caveman hitting you on the head. This is the 80s. It's like, okay, you couldn't convey that naturally, right. obviously. So. May I ask you, yeah. what was your favorite part of this movie? What it was the moment you liked the most? Because I have one. Uh, go ahead. I'm still kind of thinking about it. My mine. favorite moment of the movie is when Matt Damon is showing the video of Jordan Mm-hmm. And talking about why he sees that he's great, that is and the way he lays it out is pretty fantastic because he's talking about how this kid is about to make like the most important shot of his career to that point, and he's like relaxed on the court, and he knows the ball's coming to him. And you also think about his coach at that time had not won a championship, and people were like, "It's never going to happen for him." He put all of his faith in this freshman. Mm-hmm. Right. This first year freshman and this freshman looks so calm and he takes the ball when it comes to him and he fucking shoots and he wins the game and he gets the championship for that coach. And it's like the fact that he was not like crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Just the description was, of that. Like it and, made so much sense. And that team had a, a more, a more had more years players there. That was supposed to be more of the captain, more of the, the head honcho. And he yeah. points and he points out that like, no, he's actually like a distraction. So everyone's going to push on this guy. Mm-hmm. And Jordan isn't just a number two. He is the guy that's going to hit the shot. So right at that time in which that clutch moment, he points out that, yeah, that coach knows that this is the guy you get that ball to. Scene was played very and well. I think, I think that's a scene you can appreciate if you just appreciate sports and athleticism True. played at a high level. And that is kind of, uh, if you if you appreciate that, you will definitely get something out of this movie. And, you know, um, I don't know if it was my favorite scene, but I really kind of liked Matt, Matt Damon and how he played the character overall in the end when he's preparing, <laughs> when he at the end of the movie he's going to go take a jog around this in track nikes. in his nikes and he jogs about 20 feet and he's like no fucking way no fucking way yeah that's pretty I felt very i felt very connected to that scene <laughs> so but yeah there is um i don't know if this uh if ben affleck really told this story in a way that could have been the best way there are good things about it there were good choices but like there were just some things that just that lacked complete subtlety yeah. that were a little that were just so fucking heavy-handed yeah. and and the idea of playing the time and the place you're going to need more than just the an 80s greatest hits mm-hmm. to uh be indicative of an environment mm-hmm. and, it, and a lot of the the points of the in-betweens the cutscenes the redundancies, the the circular camera shots. Like, it really is just something that is just, I wish I could never, it really doesn't bring anything to a movie, and it just stands out to me in a, in a hokey way. Uh, your own performance was like, you know. Uh, like but, I said, I think he just needs perspective of someone else directing. Yeah, but but your buddy, your best friend, Matt, he did a great job. You kind of got in your own way in the, in some part, in the way this movie was mm-hmm. put together, truly. Mm-hmm. And um, I, got, I got nothing more to say about it than yep. that there was uh it's yeah so all right we'll see it's interesting the affleck and what he brings to it yeah um 
and uh i'm curious to what his movies will do in the future to be quite honest what is he going to yeah uh become you know so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we will see we will see uh we will we will we hunt movies yes and we're gonna hump air i am going to give air a two you went under mid yeah you went under whoa i feel like i'm being more harsh of late because i was giving really 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 glowing reviews but we were watching such really excellent movies and honestly like what i expect now has i think gotten higher because i've you know what i mean like the more good movies you watch it's like the expectation of a movie does raise and i just i feel like matt damon did do a really good job on this i i like knowing these things but i've definitely would have rather watched a 60 minute documentary about this I think there probably is one. Like, I know this story, and I had yeah, to have known know, it through documentaries. You know, it came in with, like, the I Want My MTV music. Yeah. Um, And I felt like... Because it was 1984, whole, in case you didn't know. No, I know. But I feel like that's maybe, like, maybe that idea, like, informed it too much. Like, maybe Ben Affleck wanted it to be just, like, too cool. And he yeah. did all these, like, flashy shots, and it it's just very, didn't work. Very surface cool. Yeah wow um um you went below average i'm not gonna go below average um i really did enjoy the character of sonny vaccaro i did too quite a bit i really did and uh uh, the parts that kind of diminished it was the 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 filmmaking choices so we're already lower than a lot of people on this um Mm -hmm. in terms of because is it getting good reviews? You can picture this. I, mean, I would say above average for sure. Mm-hmm. You can picture this being like pretty palpable for a general audience, right? Yeah. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me at all if this shit was thrown into the best picture noms, like the dozen that they do now, right? I'm not kidding when I say that if we had paid for this, I would have been pissed. <laughs> I would have. Who would you have fought? Ben Affleck? Yeah, Ben Affleck. If you'd made me pay, <laughs> zoom in on, zoom in on her face. It's not worth it. Thank you for putting it on Amazon because honestly, if we had had to pay to go see this, that's I Amazon would Studios. Be giving choice. you a one right now. Whoa, one! It's not that bad, babe. Just kidding. <laughs> Start to be hard. because you had me talking to the microphone or talking to the camera. Um, I mean, it's barely good, but it's not bad. Okay, you, what do you rate it? What does your heart say, Bobby? I'm above average 3.25. Okay. So that brings it to 5.25. For Ben Affleck's air, that's a that's some pretty middling shit. That's some pretty middling shit. And uh, yeah. So I'm interested where that falls. That fall, 5.25 is a C. Okay. A I C think that's movie. fair. And like, I bet a lot of people seeing this might might disagree with our. Hold on, let me pull it up so we can see it. Five point. Agree to disagree. I, and and I, and I get it, but I think our critiques on the filmmaking and the and the tropey, forced inspiration shit. You know, you, you got to do a little better than just like say it's inspiring. <laughs> it is a fascinating story inherently. So five point two five. I will put it above that put that ties it with Story of the Kelly Gang. I think it's better than Story of the Kelly Gang. Yeah, sure. And under in Mank. that Story of the Kelly Gang was not a complete movie. 
it does <laughs> air does have the benefit of being a full film that isn't missing or damaged <laughs> so well done there what is it under it's under make by david fincher okay so do you think it's better than mank i think it's yeah, but I mean, I kind of, you know, honestly, I might even. I think it is a C. I do not think it is a B. I just re realized I misspelled Johnny dangerously. Oh no! And they both have, like, a, like a like people doing really good in their roles. Like Amanda Seyfried and Mank was, I thought, really she good. She did a great job. And Matt Damon was really good in the Air. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is just where we're at. All okay. right, fuck it. It's not that important. What's important is the review system you make up. The movies that you want to like. You think we're fucking wrong about Air? Huh? You you think we're like everyone else? Let's be like, oh, I think there's more like a 7 to 8 out of 10. Like okay. a lot of people think. Go ahead. Tell us in the comments what you think about Air. And you can get mad at us if you want. But all that matters is that you're engaged. And if you think this is the best movie of the year, support you, bro. I mean, listen. It ain't my opinion, but like, I support you. Give Matt Damon a nom. Yeah. And drop it. Yeah. I yeah, I thought I thought the Damon did good. The Dayman. Good job, Damon. Good job, Dayman. Check the show notes for uh links and places you can find us and other ways to consume this. This is a podcast. It's a YouTube channel. In there you can get a different experience uh hearing and looking. So uh but yeah. Just do it. Just get it done. Mm -hmm.